0: Hey, 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 Dream Builders. Welcome back to another awesome episode of the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. I have an amazing guest for you today. I am here with Sandra Hasley, who happens to be one of my favorite humans on the planet. She is a high-performance mentor a speaker, a two-time international best-selling author, and she's inspired to support women who desire wealth, joy, success, and rich experiences in their lives. She does this by leveraging our innate neural wiring in combination with powerful mindset tweaks and simple systems to support the magnificent upgrades and avoid the relentless stress cycles. I'll be right back with Sandra. You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. As the Dream Design Coach, I've helped thousands of high-achieving creatives reconnect with their inner blueprint to design, manifest, and live the life of their dreams. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Please help me welcome Sandra to the show. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello. Oh my gosh. Ah, let's do this. I know, right?
0: I know Somehow. you guys like you want to talk about like I don't know how you call it like when it's a bromance it's like a she-man <laughs> I think we have a she-man going on
1: we do I don't know like sisters from the from a different mister is probably like how we do true it
0: story. true mm-hmm. story two halves one whole all the things absolutely Indeed. so let's get right into it shall we because neither one of us do small talk um Tell us, you know, high performance mentor, not really something that you graduate from high school and be like, when I grow up, I want to be a high performance mentor. Mm -hmm. So where did you start? Like what was the plan and how did we get to where you are
1: today? Um, Through a bunch of mistakes. Uh, We got here through (laughs) like a series of, I know what I have for a dream. I'm going to be an aviation, like like monster i'm gonna fly f-14s for the naval academy like look out, top gun tom cruise you think you got it i got it i get into the naval academy i got this congressional nomination and they're like hey it's august just kidding your canadian citizenship is still active we need you to be american first and i'm like son of a so like two weeks before anybody starts school before pleads please summer camp i gotta figure out what else i'm gonna do because it was aviation for me or nothing. And then I got a softball scholarship to play for a Division One university. Like last minute, they actually had like accidental leftover scholarship money, and I was like, "Thank God!" And it was in my hometown, so I, I played for a year and didn't like the engineering program there. I didn't like the school at all. Um, my coach actually ended up being. <laughs> imprisoned later on, um, for all kinds of things that I wanted to leave for in the first place. So like my college experience was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't like it here. I ended up like we just talked about, I went to the Disney program to give myself time to be like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, or even like college. (laughs) So I bought time for about five months and transferred into a new school to go for what my dad said might be a good idea. Hey, finance women in finance do better because you know, they're a minority. So you get jobs faster and it's easier to climb rank. And I'm like, okay. So I did that. I loved the school, but I hated it. I hated finance. It wasn't naturally gifted at it for sure. I struggled. I got good grades and it was so hard. It was so stressful. Um, And I left there going, okay, now I have this finance degree and marketing and the marketing is actually a complete, like it's a moot point now. It's all like, it's all outdated by, you know, a year after school's over. There are new marketing approaches. Now Facebook is starting to emerge. Like people are doing different things with with digital advertising. These rules for advertising and marketing are becoming like dead. So I got a job because a friend of mine who graduated at the same time in my town was like, you should go into mortgage brokerage. It's like, where finance people go i'm like i really still don't know anything about finance and i have a degree but like i don't know what to do with it and i hate it so i started working in commercial real estate with finance and you know i found out that the i didn't put it together then but i found out through the job of working there for a couple of years that this is all a network game this is all about people this is all about being nice to people they're giving jobs and, and deals to people that they just hang out with this is not about who's got a better deal period and so in order to help the company and do okay, you know, I was like, I'm going to lean into that. I'm not as good at all these other guys at the actual numbers, even with a calculator, I can't project like they can in their heads. So I'm going to lean into this kind of thing and help them in these ways with my ideas and my strategies and whatever. And I got recruited into another company that was commercial real estate development. So now I'm working with a bunch of tenants. I'm working with people that have different businesses, different, um, different strategies, different like global reach, and I get recruited again into another. And so I'm working at like international real estate and and I'm I'm dealing with all of these different industries, small business owners, medium-sized business owners, which have thousands and thousands of employees. And to keep a tenant happy and to extend the lease and to grow into a new building or a bigger building or to secure an entire property for them to do for my company, like you have to keep them happy and you have to keep them growing. So Throughout the course of that, like 10, 11 years of real estate and commercial finance, I found that the thing that made everybody happy, the thing that made the tenant happy, the boss happy, that made me more money was helping other people do better in their business. And I did not put those things together until I lost my job. And I got fired for no cause. In New York State, you can get fired for no reason. And they don't have to tell you why. And you'll never have like closure on that. And you just, I got fired and I was two weeks after closing a $14.6 million deal with a, with a major global brand that I worked on a year for where's my bonus. No, here's your actually walking papers instead of your bonus. You're the only one that made money in this company for the last 12 months. But now that we have your money, bye-bye. We're a bunch of boys, company full of men. And I'm out of there two years. No, no extended unemployment. I got unemployment for three months and that was it. And I didn't even believe in the paradigm that you, can get fired if you have a degree and you work really well. Like I'm the all-star and how do I get fired for doing a great job and the only one who's making any money for the company? So for two years, over 400 applications and interviews in two years, and I could not get a job anywhere. I was being blackballed from the commercial real estate industry in in my area and I couldn't get a job for even clerical work anywhere else. So this is where I'm doing like freelance jobs. I'm doing branding and marketing for people I'm doing like for redesign and people that I knew knew that I could do that really well. And so I did that and website design and like, like rebranding for people. And then I didn't consider that a job. I considered that side work. That was not a business to me. That was like, just make some money doing this thing that you do, you know? And because entrepreneurial activity was like, that was like me and my, I won't touch that. That's not interesting to me. That's scary to me. That's risk, risky, risky. Um, and, but I started getting jobs where people, people who were asking me to redesign things found out through conversation that I was really good at organizing things too. And I ended up opening, starting my own. My first company was an organ, a professional organizing company. And I was so, I was so pleased with that. It was so much fun, but, my husband, this is still in the two-year gap, right? I was coming into, I was starting to grow the organization business and I was loving it, but it was a lot of work. And my husband at the time was like, chiropractor in New York state. He hates the way the insurance is run. He can't stand it. He's like, I'm, this has been 10 years now. I want to open my own practice. I'm like, I don't know anything about opening a practice. Like, I don't know anything about medical at all. And he's like, like, you know, back and forth, back and forth for months. Long story short, we ended up getting a line of credit and a small rental property that we could we could try out for six months and i went with my husband for you know in 18 months over six figures in a cash practice no insurance in new york state which is like nearly impossible everyone said we were going to fail within three months and we started knocking the bag out of it and then we brought on this holistic weight loss program it became the best and highest rated in buffalo within another six months so we start where i was like oh so this is what owning your business is like well this isn't that hard. This is fun. This is like, I could do this. And I started thinking about all of those things that I've taught people how to do as tenants and encourage them with to grow their business. And I was using all of that advice for me now. And then I started getting other practitioners, chiropractic, chiropractic people, uh, massage therapists, physical therapists, um, business owners all across the country reaching out to me. How did you do that? Well, how did you, how did you, and they're consulting with me now. And I'm like, well, I could charge for this because this is taking time. And I've got two babies strapped to my chest every day at work for eight hours a day, four days a week. Um, They're not getting this for free anymore. I'm tired. (laughs) Like I, and this is kind of how it, it, I segued into the, well, the chiropractic owning a practice wasn't my dream ever. It was just a thing that I did to help out. And that's my husband's dream. What do I want? What do I want? And it was this discovery process over a number of months that I was like, it's been consulting all along it's been strategy all along i'm i'm really good at that it's not hard work for me i l- i love it it's so rewarding for them for everyone and that kind of that was the, the that was the catalyst to all of it and i've never felt more at home or more satisfied with like what i do every day it's really exciting Long story short, <laughs> it's
0: so funny when you're saying that you're like, and then I realized what it was, and I'm like, I'm picturing this like cartoon Disney movie in my head, like Disney, right? Like I'm ca- like a little cartoon version of you, where you're like I know what I want, I know what it is, and you're like dancing, and there's like the music, and like I totally like saw that whole vignette play out in my head. Yes, that's how it felt. <laughs> that. So that's really amazing, and you know, I think it's really interesting. You you kind of pointed out. And I've never really thought of this, or never really dug into it before. But this stigma about entrepreneurship, right? Like it's mm-hmm. almost like we've got this like used cars, car salesman kind yeah. of deal. Like, like what oh, is yeah. this? Oh, you're an entrepreneur. Like, what is that? Like, are you like pushing a cart? Like in the 1800s, <laughs> where you're like here buy my stuff. Like, and entrepreneurship. I I think it really speaks to the person. You know, like, like people are always like, well, why do you you know, do I have to be an entrepreneur to work with you? And I, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I feel like the entrepreneurial spirit is the one who can't be contained. She's the woman who like overthinks every single thing. If someone says hi, she's like, why didn't they say hi? You know, like, like she's constantly self-sabotaging because she's so afraid that she's going to step in it or that, oh, so-and-so wasn't, you know, totally like in love with what I did today. And then they're like, well, guess I just need to quit. And so entrepreneurial, especially women, like we feel so, and clearly I'm like channeling all this and pulling it out in real time. Cause like, thank you. You're welcome. But like, we feel so tied to, and so responsible for the product for the outcome for the work Mm that the the idea of having to give any of that over it's not even a control it's more like a well if you have part of this and it gets screwed up it still falls on responsibility yeah exactly exactly and so I'm just curious like do you find in your work with entrepreneurs do you find that you get that like highly sensitive very very high performing but like but but very like lone wolf kind of a feel with with the people that are that are attracted
1: to you because of that entrepreneurial piece. Uh, this is this is great. This is great line of questioning because this is this is like an archetype of a type of entrepreneur for sure. And I think that I think that I had more of that in the beginning because I was emitting more of that for myself. I felt very responsible and beholden to them because this was a new position for me. The framing was different. Now I was by myself doing this with and for people while before I was under the house of management of a company. And so the company, I didn't hold the responsibility. I just work here. Hey, whatever. I'm just going to help out and if, take it or leave it for advice. But you know, you're know, you hiring me to give you really good advice and strategy. And I I, I was connected to the outcome in, in a sense that I felt responsible. And so I believe that I started to attract people that also felt the same because of that. And Particular ways that I might phrase things, or the type of copy or videos that I would put out, and the more the more clients that I had, and the more experiences that I had with it with me as the a business owner doing this one on one or small group coaching, I started to, to get real familiar real quick with the people who were using excuses as to why they weren't doing this. I started initially I was questioning my own abilities, and then I was like, no 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 no, because you've seen this work every time you do it with somebody who does the work, Sandra. So you know that it's, it's on them. You can only do so much. I'm not going to actually be able to do the work for them, but I will stand by them and support them while I give them the ideas to do it that they choose from and decide is the best for them. So I, I got, I kind of got burnt out fast, which I feel is great. Like I feel grateful for because I got burnt out on that type very fast where they're wonderful people, but they weren't, they weren't acclimated to what they needed to become as an entrepreneur in order to be successful. And they were still okay with the excuses because people in their life were still allowing them to use them. And I'm sitting over here allowing those excuses to mean that I wasn't doing my job all the way until I realized, no, I got to ask them, keep asking. When they say it didn't work, when they say this didn't, this like they're they're disappointed in what came out of it or whatever. Then I started asking and I'm like, wait, they're not doing any of this stuff that we talked about. Wait, this is not on me at all. And then I started kind of, you know, with that burnout, you change your language, you change your conversation, you change the energy that you speak with in a room in front of people in your copy. And then I started talking, to, women started reaching out to me, started commenting on my posts, women that were like, no BS kind of women. And I was like, okay, let's talk. Like, these are conversations I love having. Because they're like, I know, I'm not doing this right. I know, I, I quit, I quit on Thursday, and I didn't do the things I meant to do all the way Thursday. So what do I do now? I'm like, you own it. We can do, we can work with that. Like, let's okay. As long as you're not pushing blame and trying to make it about something weird that it's not, let's keep going. And those are the women that I have so much success with because like, we're not hiding behind excuses or shaming ourselves for being tired one day and like not following all the way through. I don't have the ability to, I don't have the energy to shame someone for anything, let alone their effort that they're putting out, knowing that they also have a life and, you know, personal responsibilities and a family maybe, and that they're doing their best to manage all of that, which I also help them with. So I think that that is a really typical, you know, entry point into entrepreneurship as a female for most females, I might say. Uh, And then hopefully with enough exposure to clients, you get real conditioned out of it fast enough where you don't like drag too far out, where you start to still love what you do so you don't quit on it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just if you guys are listening in podcast land, you don't get to see that she literally cracks me up every couple seconds. And I just (laughs) burst out laughing. And that's why I'm on mute, because I literally just can't even handle how hilarious she is. So you don't get the benefit of seeing that. um, But it's happening. So let me ask you, you know, when you started this, because I think you kind of alluded to it a little bit, I really want people to kind of understand this because you look at you today, you have an incredible career. We haven't even dug into some of the accomplishments that you have. I mean, let alone the fact that you wrote books, you're a, you know, a keynote speaker for Tony, what's his name again? Just kidding. Tony Robbins. Um, like, you know, like you have this incredible resume and these are really powerful things, but I want these people to kind of go back, like when you first started, you know, when you recognized, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I'm going to do this thing. I would love to hear like kind of some of the mindset shifts you've had and you alluded to some of the ones that clients had and kind of where they were, but I would love to hear like where, like you were from, you know, like this is what it's going to be. And then kind of like where it is now and, and maybe just kind of guide them a little, just so they can see that some of the things that they might be thinking are things incredibly successful, badass. You were thinking too. <laughs> um,
1: um, yeah, I was. Again, it's because I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. That word sounded like you like you said. It's like. It's flaky. It's gray area. It's like, do you just call yourself that when you don't know what you do and you're not making any money? Are you working for like somebody like, are you helping someone or something? What is that? What is this? Be specific, please. And so I, I didn't use the word on myself at all. Um, and so even as a consultant, I felt like a, a bit of a hack using that word even because The imposter syndrome will give you all kinds of uh, lies about who you are and what you actually do. And for me, it felt like, well, you're not a consultant, Sandra, because you haven't actually had anyone pay you to do this yet. Well, arguably, uh, I've been paid well to do this inside of other things that I do as part of a job that I do. And I could concentrate only on this thing, just like the guy who does project management and that's all he does, except for when the web guy is out of town and he actually knows how to code HTML. So he'll do that too. Well, I want to do just this, just the consulting piece of it. And I can do that. So it's like talking myself out of the lies as I caught them, knowing that I'm watching other people, you know, the comparison game online. Cause again, I wasn't on Facebook until like 2019. I didn't want to be, I hated it. So for me showing up on Facebook, I was like, Oh, the reason I avoided social media, like not even MySpace, like any social media at all, is because I could feel immediately the comp- competition, the comparison game, the how it made me feel. It made me feel awful about myself. I already had a hard time like liking myself, and this was just like, oh, I don't need that. No, thanks, thank you. So now that I'm doing it for a living, in the beginning, I'm like. Well, you, you're looking around to see what other people are doing and you're you're seeing if this is like appropriate or if it's like you know market friendly or whatever. And and with the best intentions in the world, you still feel awful about what you do in comparison, naturally. So I am making these stories up about how good they are versus how I'm not, and I just haven't been in the game long enough and how long is it gonna take me? And and I also feel icky about sales because again, I'm selling myself now versus selling for a company which I'm completely emotionally detached from and whatever. And these people that I work with have gobs and gobs of money. They're detached from money too. Like we don't have money issues at all. We don't mindset around money's not a thing because they just like shell money out. They're major corporations, big businesses, whatever money check. What do you need? Six figures, seven fit, whatever. So now I'm t- dealing with people that have money restriction, that have money blocks, that have money issues that need to budget, that have to think about it, that I'm like, Oh, this is like weird. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. And so you're questioning yourself. It's moving through all of those things and finding out what's really real. And then talking to what was really important along that journey is talking to other women that I met that I could be friends with that were also running a business online and being like in a service-based orientation because that's what I was doing. And, oh, yeah, I just did this or I just did that. So really quickly, I got to to use to the idea that like, oh, you can just like do whatever you like feel like doing and like that might just work. And all of these women are just like doing what they think might be a good idea based on what they know or what they just feel like. So one of my mantras kind of became like, I can do whatever I want. And so can you like, just, I'm just going to do whatever I want. And regardless of what the expert advice is or the best next tip or the best next platform or the whatever, whatever, I was like, I don't want to chase everything that's new and shiny and whatever a new, big, important person that's paid millions of dollars in ads to be big, whatever he or she says, I don't want to follow that. That's exhausting. I don't know So what works? What do I like to do? Because now after all of this time for, you know, almost 17 years in the business of consulting, I know that I can, I can shell out a billion strategies and I know that more strategies just keep on coming. Like the inspiration just keeps on coming. It's not that it's, I can come up with a bunch of them. It's what feels good. What do I have less resistance to? Let me look at that and go there. That's the thing that always makes me the most money and makes me the happiest and makes them the happiest. So it's it's really about, you know, if a title bothers you, entrepreneurial, entrepreneur, solopreneur, mompreneur, whatever weird title like ends up coming out of your mouth. Like if that makes you feel like, eh, don't use it. What do you do? I help women do this. That's what I do. That's actually preferable to say to somebody versus I'm a high performance strategist. My name is Sandra Housley. It's like, what the hell's that? What do you do though? And I was like, well, yeah, now I have to explain, don't I? So it's just easier just, like, to say what you do with people. And that makes you feel better because you like, you actually like doing that. That's what you do. Um, So when you can remove yourself from any title that feels a little bit uncomfortable or less like you, you can remove that layer of imposter syndrome that feels like it's giving you reasons to make excuses about how well you're not doing or how, how little money you might be making. And it can be more about like, what feels good. I'm doing what I'm doing and that's the title. And then what feels good for me to do because I'm not selling myself. I'm not selling this thing. I'm improving their lives. They're not investing in me. They're investing in themselves. I'm helping them do it, but it's not about me at all. I'm just, I'm just the medium for them. And, and we exchange money and the money that they give me is so much more important. Or rather the service that I give them is so much more important to them than the money they give me. They're like, yeah, take my money. Like take my, whatever, take my money. Like help me with this thing. Help me with this thing. That's like, I think about going to the grocery store and when somebody says like, oh, eggs will be 287. And I'm like, I'm not like, uh, 287, really? Hmm. Wow. So you're just going to like charge me 287. Like take my money. Like if I want omelets or like French toast, like take my freaking money and give me the eggs. What do you want? Like I, I will throw my money at you if that's what I want. I don't care. So taking that emotional element of, I feel bad about the money, or maybe she can afford it. or maybe How many times have I spent money that I didn't know how I was going to come up with to get the thing that I wanted? We do it for mortgages. We do it for car loans. We do it for whatever we think that we need. We invest in it for school. Big screen TVs, like for this Super Bowl, how many people don't have a big screen TV? Like literally
0: everyone on, like at least in America has a big screen TV. I don't care who you are. And they're like, aren't they like a thousand, three thousand $3,000? So it's like people will pay for what matters to them. So when you're having that price objection with a client, it's never, it's, I'm going to say this it's never about the price. Mm -mm. It's never, if it was medicine for your child, whose arm is going to fall off, you'd be knocking on
1: doors. You'd be
0: hands. It's it's about whether or not the thing has value. So I completely agree with that. And I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: No, that's right. It's like, it's, they either don't see the value or it is not valuable to them. So you're either talking to the wrong person. That's why it's not valuable or they can't see it as valuable because you can't explain it right yet to get clear. what it is you do and i feel like that element too you know if it's helpful for people is just really you know if if you were to tell your best friend well what do you help them do like what's what are their problems explain the problems that's your answer that's how you market people and then your best friend says well like what do they get out of it oh well here's what happens when they work with me they do this they feel like this they get this that's the marketing use that imagine talking to your best friend when there's no pressure you're sitting on the couch and she's asking you questions about what you do what your answer is to your imaginary best friend on the couch is your posting, is your v- video content, your value add. Like that's what you talk about on podcasts, on whatever, you know?
0: No, absolutely. And I, and I think that that's a really good point to make because people overcomplicate it, you know? And there, and there are people, Now we want to be careful that we don't demonize these people. There, there are people that make money off of selling straight strategy. Here's my okay. this. It'll work for you. And we really were coming into a paradigm shift, you know, where we're like, wait a minute, your strategy isn't going to work for my strategy. It's not going to work for me. Like it could, aspects of it will, but it really has to come from inside of me. You can guide me. You can give me your best practices with the understanding that some stuff isn't necessarily going to align for me. And I think that's where we're going in the coaching. And honestly, I feel like you and me, we're not even really coaches so much as we're like activators. Like we're the people that like get you to like go do the thing. It's not like we're like, Hey, great job. Good. Mm -hmm. You know, keep, keep doing that. We're like, no, get in like this, this, like we're poking, we're like, we're like stoking that flame. And I think that's a very different way that a lot of coaches used to show up where it was like, you know, here's the content. Let me know if you need anything. And like, that's not, that's not us. And that would never fit our personality either so no. um speaking of which i would love for you to tell us a little bit about and i promise i won't keep you too i i totally sucked up all of our quality time before like before this started where we had like our little like no we and, both
1: did it we were reminiscing yeah, totally right. so I want you
0: to on. but um one question i do want to get out before we get all your links and everything is just Tell me about the person who's the perfect fit to work with you. Like, let's, let's talk directly to her in this moment. Like, who is she? What is she going through? And then we're going to tell her how she can find you.
1: Oh my gosh. She's my private clients. like I don't do much, much one-on-one. I do maximum of three at any given time, like during, during the month, because, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot of focus and intention when you're working with a one-on-one client, you're thinking about them and their strategy and their stuff and their everything the whole time. And so I can only give three a month, but our friendship takes a lot of time out of your schedule too. It's a nurture process. We have to, it's priority. And the, but these women are, oh my gosh, they don't need me to do it for them. They, they need me to see them. They need, they're they're the women that are like, I just need somebody to understand what I'm going through and to give me options show me where you've been that i can go that's safe to go like i i know that i could make mistakes i know that i need to show up to actually do the things that you're offering will work but but give me give me a menu of options that might work so i can pick from what's good for my personality let me stay excited about my bit these women are excited about what they're doing they they're so intentional about showing up for their job they love what they do they just don't want this piece to be so overwhelming about growing the business like they've got the skill set of what they do the business element is something different not everybody has the the business side of it down yet the marketing the sales the strategy the growth the, the management the time management the organization all of it and so it's I'll I'll play cover for you. I'll run flank on this stuff for you while you stay excited about your business. You show up excited and ready about the calls. I know you you watch those recordings that we do after our calls are done. You reach out to me and ask questions. You let me know where you're at so that I can support you and speak back into it. You don't let a lot of time go by where you're just like, well, I don't know. Like, I just thought there was only the time for our call every week. And no, I want to like, I'm in there with you. Like I want to be partners with these women. These women just don't make excuses and they, they're hopeful and they're loving and they're smart and they're determined and they're not boastful. And they're, they're focused, their values are like in check. They're great friends of people. They're great family members to the people that they work with. They're generous. They, it's just really, really good women who, women who want to, who want to grow their business because the the main line for all of these women, the thing they have in common is I, I don't, I don't want money to be the reason that I have to say no to stuff. I don't want it to be the thing that causes the fights anymore. Like let life have its own fights and own natural things and like frustrations or whatever, but can we take money out of it? And I help her right. take the money part out of it and the, and the stress management and the time management and like, let's clean up all those areas. Cause, cause business gets to be so much simpler than this. Like, I don't find it hard work for yourself i find it sometimes a bit confusing or um sometimes stressful or sometimes like a challenge that you need to like learn something new for but i wouldn't call it hard and i I also think all of those areas are like interesting to dig into this is a challenge so cool i'm going to grow from it and this is going to be a new skill in a minute and then it's frustrating because because I'm in the middle of learning this process and I'm not good at it, or it's confusing because I don't know what they mean by that. And I'm going to, when I figure it out, I'm going to be really good at this. It's going to be faster. And so all of the things that I come up against and that my clients do too, it's like um, they're willing to not know everything and they don't care about that. They're just looking for the help and they're excited to keep going. And it's, it's not attached to like, they all, they all make a lot of money. Like they all grow fast and, and it's not attached to the money. They don't have to make it about the money. And that's always How the money ends up showing up because their intentions are so pure about what they're doing, which is why the growth is able to happen at speed because they're not so like tied down, I guess, to that one element of the business. Does that make sense? Absolutely.
0: It's so true, too. Like the more we detach from the need, the more that the money is like, hold on, I love you. Come back. (laughs) back." (laughs) Yeah. So tell us how we can get a hold of you. Like where are some places that people can find you?
1: I'm mostly um, hypocritically on Facebook uh, since I didn't have an account for twenty years. Um, I'm mostly on Facebook, and then I hang out on Instagram too. Um, I, I have accounts everywhere LinkedIn, TikTok, and all of that. But I um, and I'm responsive everywhere. But I think that you know to see more of what I do is going to be on. <laughs> It's going to be on Facebook, maybe an Instagram. And then I have my website where I host all of my, you know, regular, like anything that's happening, current events or stuff coming up is on, is on my website too. So, and there we go. There it is.
0: And then we have a super fun freebie that you have for everybody that we will make sure is in the show notes. Just tell us 30 seconds on that real fast so they can get excited about
1: it. No problem. So, you know, this is a beginning of the year, uh, mid-year, any time of the year before the end of the year. It's a guided visualization about the future future projections. Injecting into your um into your most successful year ever and and like walking you through feeling the feelings and really like being in that space of like being present with what it looks like to have a successful business and what it feels like and those different elements in your life and the detail and like you get to actually feel the feelings of being in the successful spot that you dreamed about and when you catch those feelings and the longer you sit in them The more oxytocin, the more focus, the more intention, the more inspiration. And this is like, the longer we can stay in those feelings, the faster this stuff works for us. It's amazing.
0: Um... Please excuse me while I listen to that every day for the rest of forever. So thank you for that. Permission granted. Oh my gosh, I love you so much. I'm going to close this up, but you have somewhere you need to go, so you go ahead and run off. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here. It has been a blast hanging out with you before, after, and later. I'm sure we'll be in the DMs. So love you to pieces. Yeah. Thank you for being here, guys. Check her out. Follow her. Do all the things. Her energy is fantastic. And her strategy is literally next to none. So thank you, Sandra, for being here. I love you. Thank you so much for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. That'll do it for this week on the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. Until next week, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste.